Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Coach Mack about to jump in the discussion with us. Um, if you're looking to buy jerseys to commemorate, you know, this newest Titan, A.J. Brown tweeted earlier today that he tried to give Julio Jones the number 11, but he would not take it. He essentially tweeted, I tried to give this man the number 11, but he would not take it. That leaves A.J. Brown as number 11. I would imagine we see Julio Jones rocking the number eight, Blaine. So all these people with a Mariota jersey can, you know, throw the tape across that and just pencil in uh, Jones. They'll be set. Just recycle those those jerseys, man. Keep them going. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's just crazy. We in this generation now. He has to tweet out that he offered him the number. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. Let's just say this: uh, nobody was going to be paying to get those jerseys. Uh, that was still not sold. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate your effort, but a new team to me, you should get a new number, especially uh, if that number is taken. Uh, so yeah, war number eight at Alabama. Like I said, that's that's the number that a lot of people think that he will wear. Coach Mack joins us now. Coach, when you were playing for TCU, what number were you? I was number twenty-seven. Oh, you and Eddie George. I love it. I was number I was number 27. Uh, my high school number when I came in to be a frog from being a Snyder Tiger to being a TCU frog, my high school number was 44 because that's the number Donnie Anderson wore at Texas Tech. And he was a West Texas hero. But then so when I got to TCU, I was 27. Boy, Donnie Anderson, one of those Lombardi Packers too, Coach. Don't get me started on this football history stuff. You know I'll keep going all day. Yeah, here's a little history. Donnie Anderson, when Donnie Anderson and Joe Namath were the two number one picks that year, uh, Snyder, Texas had a nine-hole golf course, and oil was running like it was water out of the ground there. So everybody had more money than God. They brought both of those guys in there for a golf tournament, and I caddied for Donnie Anderson and Mitch Rambin, the other guy caddied for uh, Joe Namath. Wow. Hey, can you tell people who don't know about the old Southwest Conference and just how much fun that was in those days? No, I mean, it was, you know, it was just a, it was like an in-house war. Because everybody <laughs> except Arkansas was in the state of Texas. And so, you know, everybody yeah. hated everybody else. And it was awesome. I mean, you could have a next-door neighbor that went to A&M and your other next-door neighbor went to SMU and you were a frog. And so you hated them both. And they were all trying to recruit the same people. I can't imagine. You were one of those people. I can't imagine what that was like. Well, it was great. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, I was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to be recruited by most of them, and uh, it was a, it was, it was a, it was a experience. I promise you guys that. Well, everything with Coach Mack is an experience. Dave McGinnis brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage at an affordable price. Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They got you covered, just like Coach Mack has us covered every week. Yeah, we don't see Coach Mack today, so, man, I I'm almost don't know if I believe this is Coach Mack. Your voice sounds a little changed a little bit, Coach, but you no, can continue. No, it hasn't changed. You can, you can believe it's me because nobody could tell you a TCU frog story like Coach Mack. I, I, no doubt, and that's where I was going to go. I was going to say, tell us a little bit about the history of Coach Mack and from high school as a football player to TCU. Yeah, give us a history lesson. Well, I mean, growing up in a small West Texas town, I mean, you, you, if you were an athlete, you played every sport, you know, from the time that you could play the sport growing up. But my two main things I started concentrating on when I, you know, I, when I got to, to, to high school to be serious about it was football and then baseball. And that's, uh, the, those, those, are, those are my two go-tos. And so, 
you know, it was, look, growing up in a town of 11,000 people in West Texas, if you, if you were the athlete in town, it was pretty special and it was a lot of fun. Now there was pressure because believe me, then you would, you would have on Monday mornings at the quarterback club meeting, everybody being, everybody would be in the cafeteria and you'd have your jerseys on sitting up front and all the boosters would be behind you. And then they'd put the film on and they'd let it roll. And they're smoking cigarettes back there saying, run that back coach. What's that McGinnis boy doing here? Looks like he could be a little tougher on this play. So you learn to toughen up pretty quick. Wow, that's how they were. Oh man, so they let them, they let the fans and boosters uh get y'all riled up, man. Well, I guess that's how the Titans are all riled up now. The Titans fans, man, how big of a deal is signing Julio Jones? Do you think to the Titans fan, let alone the organization and the team? What the fans? Blaine, since this, since this thing hit on Sunday when uh, Mike Keith called me and we went up to the stadium to do the OTP with Amy Wells and Ashley Farrell. And then from then, that's, I, I've done – now, I'm not talking about inside Nashville, you know, with, with 104.5 The Zone. I'm talking about outside uh, of radio hits that I've done since then. I think I've done 13 since then and still have some more to go today and tomorrow. I uh, did a deal with the Atlanta Constitution today. I mean, every, it, this was the news in the National Football League. This was the news in the league and, uh, you know, rightfully so. And, and the people at the Atlanta Constitution asked me, you know, what's the, the how does it, how, what's the atmosphere there? And I said, everybody's excited, as they should be. I said, you're excited. You got a chance for a generational athlete to, to add to a good football team. I said, everybody's extremely excited. And he said, well, you sound excited. I said, that's because I am. You know, I'm just telling you the truth about how it is. Well, Coach, tell us the truth. If you were still a D.C. today or head coach, how are you game planning versus A.J. Brown, Julio, and the King, let alone Tannehill? Yeah, well, I mean, again, Blaine, I mean, you played defense in this league for a long time. You know immediately once you get into that those defensive meeting rooms, you know, when you're getting ready for an opponent like this, the first thing that we always did, you, you, you experienced it all the years that you played because you were in the very same system, you know, that, that, that I – ran and was in for years is you, you try to take away the the guy well now all of a sudden you got three guys and you've got to decide now what you've got to decide if you're going to double one of them you're going to double one of them take your chance one-on-one on the other one well then they're going to exploit the one-on-one and then if you try to cheat from inside out as you know you know the old thumbs technique where you would run out underneath the receiver on the outside sometimes from the second level oh, yeah. if you want to cheat if you want to cheat from that then all of a sudden you have lightened that box, and now Derrick Henry is running against a six-and-a-half-man box, which to me is, you know, that, that's a recipe for disaster for a defense. So this just opens up so many more venues for this offense, and I'm, I'm going to be excited to watch and see what Todd Downing is, is going to do with this. But, uh, you know, the fans should be excited about it. And I'll tell you who else is excited about it, uh, the, the, the Titans players, because they understand they understand two things. First of all, that uh, this organization is doing everything it can to give them an opportunity right now in this moment in time to do as well as they can. And plus, it shows faith in the guys that are already here saying, we think you guys are a really good football team, and we want to add somebody to make us an even better football team. And so when they, that kind of, of faith is shown in a locker room, you know how much difference that makes. No doubt about it. We're on with Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack. And, and Coach, I know if everything works out well and they stay healthy and the team plays up to their ability, do you think this team then is a, a Super Bowl contending type team, at least on paper, just based off the talent? 
Yeah, I can't. I would. I, I, I can't say that, Blaine. I, I never would say that about any team. I, I, I never said that about the Bears team when we were fourteen and two. All you can do is is practice and 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 prepare and get together and then lay it out there because you're not going to even approach that world until you start winning ball games. I can probably tell you that about seven or eight weeks in seeing how many wins we have stacked, how many pressure situations this team has been in, how everybody has responded to it, that's when you get a real feel for it. You know, just you know, trying to say that just with, what's, with what your roster is, you know and I know that, that, that that's not the reality of the world in the National Football League. But I will say this, the more good players you accumulate, the better teams that I've been on, we have accumulated a lot of good players. And so that's what they've done here, and nobody can, can refute that. Oh, no doubt about it. Coach, and I was trying to just kind of think of off the top of my head, and you kind of tell me, you historian of the league, you know, I, I can think of the Colts when they had Wayne and Harrison and James and actually Peyton Manning, a quarterback. But some type of nucleus like this, uh, maybe you could say the Rams, uh, you know, the run, you know, you know, <laughs> run the darkness for us. But, uh, yeah, the Rams. Uh, any other combination on offense that you can think of off your top of your head that, can they clip uh, this type of firepower, let's call it that, on offense? Well, it reminds me a little bit. I mean, a little bit of the Cowboys, you know, when they were rolling, you know, with, with, okay. with what they had, you Harper know, with, with what they had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had they had three real dudes. And then when they had Harper out there, I mean, uh, but to me, these two, here, here's what is, is unique about, about this place. I can tell you about some places that have maybe had these, this kind of a, a, a triple combination, and when you put the quarterback in, it makes it a four-headed type deal. But this running back that is here at the Tennessee Titans is different than any running back that's come around in a while because of this, Blaine. You sometimes, as a defensive coordinator, you are willing to give up that stack box to let them run the ball because you know that those guys on the outside and that ball, as you know, travels further and farther and quicker through the air than it does on the ground. That's not the case with this running back. This running back can hit a home run from wherever you hand it to him. That, to me, is the big difference. Well, with Coach Matt giving us the Mac attack. Coach, I read some stuff earlier. People think of the Titans as a running team, and they should, because they're typically among like the top three rushing team attempts-wise in the league. But they still scored more touchdowns than anybody over the last couple of years. They've got more plays of 50 yards than anybody in the league over the last couple of years. I tried to explain this. I did a radio hit in Jacksonville in Jacksonville with some friends. And even with a running game, because Derrick Henry is so explosive and can take it from the house, they still have a lot of big plays, even handed it to big number 22. Yeah, and that's my point, Mickey. Is you know, I was making yeah. the blame there. I mean, this is this is a different this is a different type of a thing when you start talking about being able to to defend this football team. And it is a running team, you know, because you've got a great running back. But this this offense is so it has so much synergy to it between the run game and the pass game, and that's the way Mike Shanahan devised it. You know, years back when he was first putting it in, because he wanted to put a conflict downs through every down on the defense you know and a conflict down for our listeners is where the defense has to play running pass 50 50 you can ask blaine right there the more times that you can not play run pass 50 50 whichever way you're tipping the scale it helps you defensively if you have to defend them both equally well then you're behind when the ball is snapped and the thing the thing that they do the run action here looks so much like the play action the play action it looks like a run coming off of it. There's so many complementary routes that you can run, and when you start getting your force element into it, 
All you've got to do is pull one of those force elements up, and those TRCs, as our listeners listen to me broadcast with Mike Keith, those transcontinentals that come from cut splits from one side of the the formation to the other, those are big, huge plays. Those are gash plays that are very simple against, you know, single high coverage. And so it's a really nice uh, meld of, of philosophies that this offense has, has morphed into since Mike Shanahan started it. And these guys, these guys now, I mean, you can still play really physical, physical bully-type football, but you can play it with your guys on the outside too. And let me say this, A.J. Brown and, and, and Julio Jones, they don't have to be wide open to throw it to them. They're both tremendous combat catchers. That's a huge plus too. Well, and they've got a guy who's turned into – maybe the most efficient quarterback. I mean, I'm not talking about arm talent, maybe like the ridiculous guy in Kansas City, but as far as an efficient guy who can get the ball to anybody, anywhere, anytime, I mean, they've got that guy and Ryan Tannehill to pull the trigger on this thing. Yeah, well, arm talent to me in the National Football League for a quarterback is accuracy and, and, and throwing to the open people. You know, that, yeah. that, that, that's what arm talent is. Arm talent's not sitting. Standing, uh, kneeling on your knees at the 50 yard line and throwing it through the goalpost. That doesn't count. You know, it, it, it's, it's, you've got to be, you've got to be efficient with where you're going with the football. You've got to be accurate where you're going with the football. And then you have to be, and then you have to be able to perform that under pressure with the various looks you're going to get. All you got to do is look at the production from Ryan Tannehill these last two years. And you know that he's the, he's the ideal quarterback to run this offense. Yeah, Coach Mack, the ideal guy to do this segment every week, brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans right here on Blade and Mickey. Coach Mack, as much as I believe Julio Jones is a phenomenal talent and an exceptional player is going to help the team be a better team, great team guy, typically a receiver can only help your team just a little bit, and you maybe you don't know that, and I'm talking about a little bit in wins and losses. Typically only a quarterback change kind of changes the identity of what the wins and losses are. I mean, having Julio Jones, we all know people now are going to be watching for the pass and doubling both sides. Do you think, uh, how much do you think he can equate to wins and losses on a team? Uh, a lot of people say it could be one, some two, two games. Uh, what are your thoughts when you hear something like that? Well, I, here, here's the way that, that, that I, I, I would perceive that and would answer the, that question is, is, is the more playmakers that you have, because you guys know, and so do our listeners know, that, and it, it's a cliche, but the National Football League is so close that it comes down to three or four plays a game. So mm-hmm. if you've got that guy that can give you one of those plays, you know, on some week and, and can flip it, well, then it's all worth it. But it has to be done on a consistent basis. And so absolutely, the better playmakers that you have, the more that you have, the more chances you have for one of them to be that guy that contributes on that one or two or three or four plays that makes a difference in the ball game. And I will say this, too. You, you get a receiver like, receiver like this that, again, puts more pressure on the opposing defenses. That helps your defense out, too, because mm-hmm. some of the best defense I have ever coached in my life <clears throat> in this league was when I was with the Bears in the early years, and we would stand on the sideline and watch Walter Payton run up and down the field. We were a really good defense. Because by the time we went in there then, the, the other team was either behind or was trying to catch up, and then we could play a completely different game. So it all goes together hand in hand. Well, Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack. All right, Coach Mack, before we let you go, uh, OTA is going on right now. Then there will be a mandatory mini camp. What are you trying to accomplish at these OTAs? Like what's the thing that you're trying to accomplish before you get to that mandatory mini camp? 
getting all these new guys acclimated into what's going on. I mean, it's such a different world coming in, you know, either new players to your team or, you know, younger players on your team that didn't quite get, you know, the, the, the reps, uh, you know, last year. And plus all of your rookies last year that did not get all of this, you've got, there's, there's so much acclimation that goes on learning how to practice, uh, learning how to work, getting them in so that when the vets do all get together, you have your mandatory mini camp, and then so you, by the time you break and then come back, you know, for training camp, everybody can be somewhat at the same speed and on the same page because you don't have much time. You know, you know how fast it goes, Blaine. For when you go into training camp, how fast it is. All of a sudden, you know, you're getting ready to play the Arizona Cardinals. You know, the first week of the season. So acclimation, acclimation, knowledge of what's going on. That's what they're doing right now. Mm. Well, Coach, you always help our knowledge of what's going on. We love having you on and uh, look forward to next week already when we can talk to you again, brother. Guys, it's always great being on with you guys. See you. Appreciate Thanks. it, Coach.